Hello, everyone, and welcome to season one of the Spacemakers podcast, celebrating the people behind some of our most beloved artists, directors, business minds, and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Kathy Pierre. On today's episode, we talk to celebrated American director and choreographer, Jamal Sims. We dove deep into his career from dancing in the iconic video, Remember the Time with Michael Jackson, to directing his first documentary, When the Beat Drops, and of course, the folks that leaned in along the way. So yeah, so thank you for joining me on my little like passion project. I I love a passion project, of course. Yeah, and I think we all discovered little passion projects <laughs> during COVID, and this was mine. Yes, we did. Because um, I needed to stay inspired by people's journey Amen. and your journey, sir. Oh. Sir, <laughs> is something to be uh, like North Star type oh, journey. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super grateful um, for you to share your stories and the people that kind of helped you along your way. So one, welcome to my very cold and <laughs> hometown. <laughs> I'm well, so sorry it's no. <laughs> I, w- I would say thank you, but I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm such but, a family boy, you know, I'm just not used to cold and I'm just I'm born and raised in LA. And so this is not what I'm used to, but yeah. I'm sure I'll find the little glimmer of, you know, hope coming heat, something coming right now. It so, won't last long. That's right. what I can say. It All will right. melt. It won't last long. How long are you here in Toronto for? I'm here till August. Oh, okay. okay. So you'll, yeah, it won't last long. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take, because it. somebody told me two weeks ago that I'll start feeling the temperature temperature change. <laughs> today, it was snowing. I was like, They didn't oh, tell you that it was time. going negative. <laughs> oh, yeah. They didn't tell me which way it was going right. <laughs> It's going down. <laughs> so rule of thumb, my father always says it's not spring until May 15th. Because uh, at any point it can snow, but beyond May 15th, you're you're in the clear. So if you keep okay. that in mind. Yeah. So today is just 15 days. So we're another month. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you. <laughs> three and a half weeks. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> anything Great. goes. Anything goes. You can have summer. And yeah. winter, anything goes for the next three and a half weeks. I'm like, great. Yeah. <laughs> this is wonderful. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Jamal. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Um, so I, my first simple, really beautiful question is, when did dance enter your life? You know, I don't remember the exact moment because I was really young. Um, my, my, my family, we, they would throw parties and I, the, the most... The earliest memory that I have is dancing at one of my mom and dad's party, house parties that they were having. And I remember they would say, come out, come out and do those splits. And um, <laughs> there was a song called Me and Mrs. Jones. And on the part where they go, me, yeah, I would split down to the split, Mrs. Me, and I would perform and everybody would clap and, you know, and so that's the earliest memory of dancing, you know, it was just like family dancing, social dancing. Right. When I was a kid, you know, and um, okay. loving that and being addicted to the applause almost, you know, like. I mean, it is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I loved it. I was like, call me out anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, 
um, besides the social dances, which I think a lot of, of black uh, folks in the state, especially that's their, that's beginning of it for them. For the Caribbean, it's carnival for us, right? Yeah. Which is Ooh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's just there kind of innate. <laughs> like you just, you just do that. Absolutely. Um, did you ever take any formal training when you were younger? Did you have any uh, inspirational teachers? Yeah, no. So I didn't. I, I at I think I was eleven. My cousins, my three, of my female cousins, they went to a performing arts school. Not like fame, but it was like you go to regular school, then after school you would go to take dance. You know, <laughs> um, but it was really expensive. And my mom was like, "How much?" No, no. But I begged her, and she she's like, "Okay, we're gonna go." And we went, and I took a dance class and honestly I felt like Leroy be, from fame because I came in just wild and arms everywhere and it was and you know it was like a I, I think it was like a jazz class right and I was just getting through it I was faking it till I made it you know and then um after class the teacher said yeah I'll take him in but he's gonna have to put on um a pair of tights like he, he's gonna have to wear tights and you know at 11 I just couldn't do it. I couldn't put on the tights. I was the only boy and I just felt, I was already insecure. I was tall, I was thin, you know what I mean? And then you have to put on these tights and I was like, no, cause it was just a, a thing, right? And I had to go back home and tell everybody whatever. So I wish that was a bad mistake. I wish I would have, my mom would have said, no, you you putting on the tights, we're going. But she didn't want me to feel uncomfortable. No. So I did, yeah. I opted it out. And so I didn't train until after I started dancing professionally. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so That's that, super interesting. Yeah, and and even that, I don't feel like, you know, I, I would take classes, but I don't even think that I gave that 100% because by then I was already making money. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, well, do I need to go to classes? And yeah, <laughs> I should have gone to classes. But at that point, you know, when you're 19, 20, you're making that kind of money and you're traveling the world, and you haven't taken classes before, you're kind of like, well, I'll get that in a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was kind of my thinking. I, not good, but yeah, that was, that's the real. But well, that's the truth. <laughs> it's just like where my, you are at. Yeah. And, and to be fair, there are some there are some dances out there that's just natural to them. They yeah. don't, they've, they've never needed Absolutely. formalized training um, yeah. in any way. And so you're just one of those people. So. And, as, and as a choreographer, I'm kind of glad <laughs> that I didn't because I think a lot of my choreography um, reflects that, like a, a little bit of rawness, but then, mm -hmm. the, you know what I mean? Like it has still, and I sometimes I do believe that class can take that out of you if you are not aware of it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can get so by the book and say, oh, well, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, but who says you can't do that? And they said, well, we taught, we were taught this way. I'm like, but that's, movement is, you know what I mean? Like we need to create movement. I, I don't want to go by what somebody else is saying. So, uh, so yeah, so a little piece of me was, uh, you know, it's kind of glad that I didn't, but then a big part of me is like, I should have, you know, so, right. you know. Yeah. No regrets though, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, no regrets at all. No, no, no regrets. No, no, no. So um, I know at 17, you danced in the iconic video, remember the hey. time, with, with, hey. with, uh, with Michael Jackson. So how, like what kind of impact did that make in your um, life? You know, that, that was, uh, 
it was really incredible because he was my icon. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, not my icon, my, um, yeah, it was, you know, he was somebody I looked up to. Um, mm -hmm. And I studied Michael from when I was a kid, you know, watching Soul Train and him doing Dance Machine. Like, that was the, that was the person I wanted to be like. And when I saw, when I saw The Wiz in uh, 79, I, I actually have a tattoo of Michael as a scarecrow on my arm because I just, that was the thing that took me, like, I want to do that. And so anyway, so for my first job to be with Michael was just like, a, a, you know, it was like a full circle because I feel like he started me wanting to do then all of a sudden at 17, I'm dancing with them. So it was incredible. And just to watch his work ethic and um, to be of something, you know, be a part of something so, um, kind of legendary, you know, it's like- Not kind of, it's yeah. a legendary piece of choreography. Yeah. I, have, I have worn out VHS tapes trying legendary. to learn that choreography. So. I mean, uh, you, every time that song call, comes on, I remember every step. Like, I bet. Oh, <laughs> back, you know, so yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to be a part of history. Did, um, did, was there, did you audition for it? Was there someone that I, said- Oh yeah. Ah, so oh, you yeah. the whole process. It was, a, it was in the paper, actually. It was a, it, The audition was put in the paper and I drove from where I lived in Rancho Cucamonga to LA and auditioned and it was thousands of people. There was people out in the street and you're trying to get your number and I was pushing my way through and yeah. And uh, Fatima Robinson was the choreographer and uh, yeah. So she actually gave me my shot to, to be in the video. Were you the youngest? I think I was probably one of the youngest, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was I was brand new, like literally just coming in on the scene. And had you, I, had you ever I, been? Had you ever filmed any music videos at that point? No. Oh wow! That was my first job. My first job, period, as a, as a dancer. Oh wow! Well, you set the well. That bar was set like woo. Yeah, and then it was all downhill after that. Straight <laughs> to the bottom. Right after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I'll start here and I'll just go down after that. Yeah, can't go to higher. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you, I don't know if you can. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's 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 amazing. So, you danced, you toured, and then when did you find your choreographic voice? And who, were there people in the room that helped you do that? Yes. So I was dancing and. Uh, me and my partner at the time, we were um, assisting a lot of people at that point, like just different choreographers and really learning from them, you know? And uh, I think it was a point where um, we had done so many videos where this is kind of like a natural thing where choreographers will have you assist. And then before you know it, they're so booked, you're actually doing the job, right? You're actually, they're not even there. They don't even show up and you're actually doing it. And what happens is the artist starts to become uh, uh, comfortable with you and the directors start to become comfortable with you. And so they'll call you directly. <clears throat> but what we were always made sure that we were respectful, that we would say, well, we're the assistant to whoever the choreographer was and we would like to call them and see if we if they would mind us doing it. And that's what happened. We called and said, hey, they want us to do this video. And one of the choreographers was like, sure, go. And that was our first video, you know? Um, and uh, Frank Gatson was one of the, one of, one of the people that really 
helped us get on as far as choreographers and back in the early days. And, you know, he kind of just let us fly after that. He's been a space maker for a long time. Yeah. 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 I hear his name come up quite frequently. That's yeah. No, he's, he's definitely that, that person who he kind of sees talent and mm -hmm. helps shape it and mold it. And then he, he allows you to fly and it's, it's, it was beautiful. Yeah. It's, those people, I've, I'm finding that those people are also quite rare. Yes. Like, don't feel threatened, who aren't, you know, who really are like, who are true mentors and yeah. true, true, true mentors. So that's- Absolutely. And I always try to remember that because I, I always want to make sure that I give people the, the um, that, that um, uh, opportunity as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is it a little dark in here? Should I put on some light? Sure, if you want, I can. Yeah, sure. Do you I mean? Do you mind it? No, no, no. Okay, I, I mean it feels like I'm because the light's going down outside. <laughs> yeah. What this is gonna give right here. <clears throat> I can actually do this. There you go. Yeah. Is this okay? Yeah, that's good. It's gonna be different than the earth, but it's no, fine. it's fine. <laughs> it ain't that serious. <laughs> and and, I'm, and it's one of those things where for the podcast, it, more than likely I'll use clips of videos, but really it's about just listening. Um, so yeah, no, no stress. Um, so I guess that leads us to um, what was your first choreographic job? Was it the Prince video? Was it Usher's You Make Me Wanna? Or was it something? That was it. You made it was it was the usher you made me wanna. Ah, all right. And what? Who was it? Was it Frank who opened that door? And then what? Yeah. Was that, what was that process like choreographing your first music video? You know, it was yeah, definitely Frank that opened that door. And Billy Woodruff uh, was the director, uh, and, mm -hmm. and everybody just kind of embraced us as the choreographers, me and Rosario McCoy, and um, it was incredible. Like just to be able to see and. Funny enough, I think uh, we finished the, the video and we got a call that um, they might not release it because they weren't really hot on the choreography of the video, the, the record company. And I remember I was being, I was so disappointed. Like I remember being like crushed because I thought that it was so cool that we had done something that was like, you know, really kind of groundbreaking at the time because it, you know, we had done this thing where we take off the shoes and we were yeah. like, oh, that's gonna be it. That's yeah. gonna be it. Well, <laughs> it was it, it might have, it was about to be it. But um, from what I understand that uh, one of the powers that be came downstairs and their kids were doing the dance steps from the video. And he was like, release the video now. And then the video kind of just went, yeah. So. Kids, man. <laughs> What's where it's at? That's they'll yeah. tell you. They will let you know if it's a slam it or jam it. One of the two. Yep. You know. Yep. And fast. That's a great story. That's awesome. And yeah. um, Usher was pretty young then. So what was that? Were you guys close? Were you guys close in age at that moment? No, Usher was seventeen, and I was like twenty six. So I'm like ten okay. years older. Yeah. yeah, you're ten years older. Okay. Yeah. He was a baby then. Yeah. He was really young. And um, so it was nice. It was nice. We got, we, we, we worked with him when he was really still finding his voice as who he was as a performer, as an artist. And his music was, you know, just, he was getting into his Usher 
music, you know, and yeah, still kind of finding his voice, you know, and uh, it was it was really cool to be a part of that early on and then to see where he went, you know, afterwards. Right. It's really cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, I actually was just curious. Did you ever choreograph for theater or was Rent with Neil Patrick Harris your only like theater, theater job? That was it, yeah. <sighs> I, but you know, I love theater, like I love theater. But because I'm on the East, I'm on the West Coast, um, it's not really available to us like that. You know, usually when shows come in, they've already been choreographed or they're playing at the Pantages or whatever. So it's not like it's on our, actually, let me rewind my job in general is not on the board. Like a choreographer was never something that we saw at the school fair, the job fair or anything, you know, I really didn't know that choreography was an actual occupation until after I graduated. Honestly, I didn't know that that, 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 that was a possibility, you know? So I feel like now that with that same thing with Broadway is like, I didn't have the opportunity to cross paths with anybody that was directing for, I mean, choreographing for Broadway. So yeah. I think that um, when Neil Patrick Harris asked me to do it, I was like, absolutely, yes, I'll do it now. <laughs> we only had seven days to put it all together. Oh, wow. and, I, and so he was like, okay, yes, let's do it. But you only have seven days. And I was like, all right, let's go. You know, I'm so used to doing stuff yeah. with limited time because TV is all limited time. And, right. That's so fun. Well, I hope I hope that I hope that door gets open because I think me too. Broadway and you need to have a conversation. We need to meet. We yeah, need to meet. we got some things. coffee. Absolutely, <laughs> things to talk about. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so then, what was your journey um, in choreography and film? Like, how did you go from music video to film? What was that journey like? Yeah. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of, I always feel like it's like a little bit of a natural progression because I think as choreographers, we're naturally, um, we're, not everybody is a, is a director, but a lot of us see things in the bigger picture as opposed mm -hmm. to storytelling through movement. And I think that that's really important because when the words on the page stop, the dance continues the story. And it tells the story through movement. And that's what we are doing. We are actually creating a vocabulary that's taking us from one point of the story to the next. And so we're directing, we're directing, that's it, you know? And um, so as I was doing more films, I was like, I, I really would love to do the whole thing because I'm right now I'm being very like, okay, I'm just, uh, contributing to this part of the story. I'm only, I want to contribute to the whole story. And so that's when I started to get into directing. And it was usually, it was right around Step Up when Step Up One first came out. Not, I did all of the Step Ups, mm -hmm. as you know, but uh, I think dance in those movies are the main characters. So really my job was doing the whole thing. You know, as far as choreography, I was really telling the story because dance plays such a big major part in those, those uh, movies. So I just was like, I just want to direct. This is what I want to do, you know? And so I felt more comfortable. I actually feel more comfortable directing than I do chore choreographing. Cause I feel like I'm blinded by what 
everything else is going on around it. But if, uh, if I'm directing, I know everything. I, I get the bigger picture. Nice. Um, was there anyone that really um, helped you embrace that path in terms of, in terms of choreographing for film specifically? Yeah, John Chu, uh, who he did Step Up 2, mm. really uh, helped me, I'm sorry, really helped me understand what, what that meant as a choreographer to direct more than just the dance, because of course, the, you know, it's, it's the dance, but then there's actually a story in this. You can't just pay attention to just what you know as a dance. You have to tell a, a, a story, a complete story. So John Chu really, um, you know, he had just uh, graduated from USC at the time and he was, he came on to do Step Up 2. So I think he and I really kind of piggybacked off of each other. So I learned a lot from him in that process of doing Step Up 2, Step Up 3 and have gone on to work with him another yeah he's he's a he's a name on your I was gonna ask you hit your his role in your life because he comes up quite frequently on your resume so I know that there's a there's a connection and a partnership there for sure yeah he's he's awesome like even till till this day like he'll, he'll jump on a call with me to you know like just he's a great guy great. oh that's wonderful yeah um so then in that case where does MSA agency fit in your journey like how did, how did they help shape and, and mold that, that path so, for you? So funny enough, as when I first started choreographing, um, Julie McDonald and Tony Selznick were a part of a agency called um, uh, Kazarian Spencer, right, KSA. Uh, and then Kazarian Spencer ended up closing and then they opened up MSA but but at that time we had already went with another agency because we knew that they were closing and we went with another agency and so I didn't know that Tony and them so by the time they opened up MSA we were already with somebody else so then the opportunity came where Tony and Julie came and you know talked to me and they were like we'd love to have you if you want to come over and um, I had been with them as a dancer for so long back in the day. I've, I really felt like we've known each other for years. So that's, so I've been with them for the last, what, five, four, four or five years. And it just feels so comfortable and natural, you know, we just, yeah, yeah we have a history. No, those, are, those relationships are really important. Um, more important than we realize. We hear them in Oscar speeches, but we don't realize the names are like, you know, it's yeah, yeah. a bunch of names and nobody knows like how yeah. instrumental they can be in, in, yeah. in making sure that you're getting seen by the right people, right. you know, in the right rooms and stuff. So yeah, that, that's... Yeah. yeah, they play a big role in uh, even just being being able to call them and, and, and bounce ideas off of and, um, you know, them being in the business for so long. Julie was one of the first dance agents ever, period, you know, and so... So her experience is, um, you know, and, and the people that she knows is just really valuable as, as a, you know, artist, just to hear those stories and, yeah. That's very cool. Um, so onto your directing, which no. clearly you love. So let's talk about like, was, 
I know you said it's sort of like a natural progression and it's true where as choreographers, you're, you're storytellers first, it's just in a different medium, you know, just using a different yeah. language, but yeah. directing your own film, like when the beat drops or a documentary, like those are very, that's a very different experience. So talk to me about like who you leaned on in those moments. Yeah. What was it, especially with, especially when, when the beat drops, like that was your, that's a baby. And so like, who did you lean on for, for that mission? And, and what was that like going, going, okay, I'm a director now. Yeah, for sure. The, the, my, you know, that you talking about passion project, that was my passion project. So I had been wanting to do this film about these guys in Atlanta that are doing this particular dance style bucking, uh, which is also known as J setting. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to do it for over, shoot, 15, 20 years, I, I, they've been on my mind. And so, you know, how the story in your head that just won't go away. And they usually said that anything that you feel that won't go away, those are the things that you need to be doing. I, I truly believe that. And, and so once I, I did a music video for Shoshana Bean um, and we did this music video and my uh, producer, Jordan Finnegan, like, he was like, man, that went so well, let's do something else. Like you need to keep going. Like, don't stop, don't, you know, don't go back to choreography. Let's, let's keep you on this directing path. And so I said, well, you know, I really wanted to do, and I told him about these guys in Atlanta and, and the idea that I had, and he was like, well, let's go do it. So within a two weeks, we were down in Atlanta. Trying Who's this to, lovely person? His name is Jordan Finnegan. Jordan Finnegan. We yes, love him. yes, yeah, at Visceral Entertainment. He, um, yeah, we were down there. We found uh, we found some guys that you know that weren't interested at all. But I I I told them that the reason why I wanted to make this documentary and why it was important. And uh, and so finally they were like, okay, yes, let's do it. And then once we shot a sizzle, I went to World of Wonder, who uh, I work on with Drag Race, um, the producers. Randy Barbado and Fenton Bailey, who I've known for years. And I showed them, I was actually on the show and I was just going and I had my trailer with me and I was like, hey, I want you guys to check this out, see if you guys would be interested in coming apart. And they were, they were like, absolutely, let's go. And Tom Campbell came aboard. He's, a, he's also um, executive producer on the show. And then we took five years to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know it was gonna be five years. I thought we were gonna turn around in a year, but these things take time. And so that's one of the biggest things that, you know, with Jordan, my, as, as, a, as my producer, he really made sure that we kept this ball rolling, like it never stopped. And we, every step of the way, he was like, we gotta, we gotta do more. We have to go back and film in Atlanta. We have to, and every time I would finish a project, I'd have, come straight to Atlanta and I have to go to Atlanta, you know, and, but it was so worth it. You know, I, I I'm, you know, and I'm so proud of this movie. They actually, you know, are doing a DVD release of it um, this month on April 27th. Oh, shout out April 27th. Yeah, April 27th. Yeah. And I'm so excited that people will be able to own it, you know, and mm -hmm. have it. And because this is something in the LGBTQ plus community that, you know, we don't have that many opportunities to see us, uh, opportunities to see us represented on screen. And so it's nice to be able to tell different stories. And um, this is one of them, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm proud of it. So. Nice, nice. And then directing um, Step Up. 
what was that like for you after being with the series and having this relationship with the the series from a choreographic standpoint stepping into that space what was that like for you yeah well so i haven't directed yet i haven't directed step up yet you haven't no 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 but like i said i um it's you know, I did all I did all of them, and so I feel like I've done that as far as choreography. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've, I've been there, I've done that. Mm -hmm. So I have some other projects that I'm working on that I'm not able to discuss that I'm going to direct. Mm -hmm. And I, as soon as I do it, I will talk to you about it. <laughs> you better. <laughs> I, of course, you know I will. I will. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's important to kind of That's hear. Good people who have, where they've come from and transitioning from a dancer to a choreographer, a choreographer to a director. These are all things that I wasn't sure that I was supposed to be doing and didn't know if I should be doing it, but uh, it just felt so natural. And so I, I would have loved to hear, hear somebody say, oh yeah, I did this, like I did it this way. Yeah, I think we just see the end point, right? For sure. And, yeah. and then what gets put on, you yeah. know, IMBD pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't see the in-betweens. We don't see no. the journey. We just see no. the 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 short the shorthand. And so it's oh yeah. And the shorthand always looks so much easier <laughs> fantastical than it really is. It's, there's a lot of you know tears and like they said, blood, sweat, and tears, and mm -hmm. a lot of no's along the way. And so you yeah. have to be able to be resilient and pop back and and move on. So, um, so you're directing, but now let's switch over to directing and choreographing for people like Jennifer Lopez and Celine and Madonna. Like that is a whole different ball game. Um, and, those, and those jobs are very coveted because those relationships are very sacred. So who was part of that journey in terms of um, letting you into those spaces? Because it's not, not everybody gets there, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's really funny because I I really work. I was I was really artist driven when I was doing music videos. When mm -hmm. I was many, you know, and back in those days, like in the early two thousands to like maybe two thousand eight seven or whatever, they were doing big budget music videos, million dollar music videos. So we were on set. I was on set with big stars that were in the music music game you know so those relationships were built back then wow. and so they kind of like just kind of naturally progressed into oh come do the tour come do these tv spots that i'm doing and so those relationships were built back then i think now it's a little harder because we don't have that video the video world is, although it's still there it's hard to build those relationships with the artists because a they're not spending as much money anymore. So there's maybe one day rehearsal then one shoot day and good luck if you got it. If you didn't, oh well, we'll cut around it. But back then we were able to spend two or three, I mean, well, one or two weeks with the artists in the room. And so you, the more time you spend with anybody, naturally you develop a little more of a relationship. So I think that I'm so thankful that I was able to do that with these artists back in those days you know like so old but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what you mean it was a different like you we watch those videos now of Janet in rehearsal or so and so in rehearsal and you're just like what was that like and so I yeah because everything's super fast and 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 quick and and there's kind of disposable. yeah like 
they, I feel like people are like, they feel like people are disposable now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, we do that. Okay, move on. And then they'll grab somebody else. And, and that's just not the way it was back then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when you, were you ever a creative director for any of those artists or were you just choreographing for them? Yeah, well, more recently, I mean, I was just choreographing for, for like Madonna and, and Jennifer Lopez. I, I was creative director for her European tour for Jennifer Lopez. Uh, and uh, for Miley Cyrus, more recently, uh, like right after the Hannah Montana era, we did, uh, I, did I directed and choreographed her tour, her world tour. And um, so, yeah, so I, I think like, towards the end of that um, video, music video eras, I, ju I jumped into directing, you know, tours and stuff like right that. Away. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's, it's an interesting journey because I think, like you said before, nobody really talks about it. Like yeah. nobody talks about that, that leap to the next thing. And yeah. don't know that we can be called, you know, creative directors, we, you know, or movement directors or, we just, it's just the next gig and, you know, and we don't, we don't cultivate that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we need to, because see, the thing I know is people will believe what they see. If they see you dancing behind somebody all the time, they'll just say you're a dancer and that's probably all you can do. And they don't know as dancers, as actors, as singers, we could do many things. So you have to show them, oh no, no. I'm not just that, I can do this. But in order to do this, you almost have to build it yourself. You can't expect somebody to just say, oh, he's a good dancer. Oh, he's, he'd probably be a good choreographer. No, I had to go out and gather some dancers together and you know, feed them and give them a couple of dollars to film this little video clip. That, I mean, it was, it's a process, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you have to do it yourself. You kind of have to show it and, and yeah. And there's yeah. a village and there's a village of people that help you do that. For sure. Right? But if you Those start to come in, you're like, I got, I got some fruit guys. I got some sandwiches. Absolutely. I just need you to help me put together this like little reel so I can send it to this theater. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But you have to do it. You have to start it. Cause if you start it, they'll come The people will, you, the village will start to assemble. But if you never start it and if it's only in your mind, like I should do it, you never really put that first little piece of action into it, it won't, you know? Cause I think so many people get discouraged on say, oh, but then if they do that, then I have to do that. And then, then this will happen. Well, you don't know what will happen actually until you put that first foot forward. And then you make that first step, somebody will help you to make that second step. And it just keeps going. And you're like, oh, before you know it, you got the video in your hand. Now you're passing it on and, and then, you always have to really make sure that you go back once you get there and reach back for the people that helped you get to where you were, right where you are now. And that's what people, that's a step that people totally forget. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. no, you can't go past that. That that that's an important step. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how would you describe your the difference between being in reality television world and like movie film world. 
Um, as a choreographer, as a as a choreographer, because you you're you yeah. do choreography for Dancing with Stars, so you think you dance, and then well, I feel like Drag Race is a whole conversation in, unto itself. So I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna I'm gonna pin that. Okay. About reality television, yeah. Yeah, it's time, because on those shows, you get two seconds, and that's it. You're lucky, you know. So you don't really have time to um, kind of look at things and maybe, you know, come back to them tomorrow and, you know, but with film, because you're working with actors that they need the time. And so mm -hmm. they put those dollars in to make sure that you have, I mean, not, not everybody has a long rehearsal schedule, but it's more than two and two minutes, you know, two minutes, two mm -hmm. seconds, you have, days that you can just kind of see what feels right on their bodies and see where you know to talk to the dps about shots but on television it's like go 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 and good luck if if they got it or if they didn't especially these reality tv shows where you know it's good if they do great and it's good if they don't do great because then there's another tv you know so it's hmm. it's it's all pretty um you know just hoping for the best when, when, when you do those kind of shows. And sometimes you get lucky with a number that goes over amazingly well. Uh, and, and sometimes you, and I've been there where you don't do a number, you're like, oh, please don't say I did that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, are there, is it two very different, toward, hmm, I guess two different styles of directing when you're in that space? And you have directors that you work with with reality television that you really are like, they understand who I am as a choreographer. They understand that I have experience as a director and therefore I bring X, Y, and Z to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the thing is that when you're working on television, you're stepping into their world. So they, they've done this with a lot of different choreographers. So Dance with the Stars has many choreographers that have worked on the show. Same with So You Think You Dance or those dance competitions. So it's almost like you're, they're pretty much kind of telling you what you can and cannot do. I mean, you're, you have a little creativity to a point, but they know the beginning and the end of the season. So they know what numbers have been on before. They know what's coming on after you, what's coming before you. So you kind of have to rely on them a lot as opposed to when you're doing a film, you know, there's, there's nothing coming before you or after you. It's just, what can we do to make this the best um, capture of dance or performance that we can possibly do. It's just a little different of like the, the intention behind. And how, what's the process of them choosing those choreographers? Like do, does someone just, I mean, obviously they know your work cause you're a legendary person in the field. But what, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> but what's that process like? And, and how do you decide when you say yes or no? Is there somebody that's like, no, 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 you should do that one. Are or, you talking about- um, Reality shows. Reality shows, like how do they reach out to, to yeah. So that's that's really just, I, I believe it's a little bit more of like word of mouth and if they've seen your work and they'll call yeah. agents and ask them, you know, a request, you know, for you or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't like doing those. I, I, I mean, I just, 
it is so stressful to me. And some people really do well at those 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 shows like that, that mm -hmm. um, those competition shows. Dancing with the Stars is a little different because I think with Dancing with the Stars, you're not in competition with other choreographers. I think on So You Think You Could Dance, although it's an unsaid thing, I think everybody's in competition. You want the best number of the night. So there's another level of competition. I mean, there's another level of pressure that you're put under when you agree to do that show because you don't want to be the one where they were like, oh, that number is terrible or the judges tear the number up or the kids failed. You know, I'm always about, I want these kids to look amazing when they do my work. But I have to remember, they're not professional dancers. These are inspiring, um, you know, um, is that right? Inspiring dancers. Uh, yeah, dancers yeah. That are, aspiring yeah. dancers to be. Yeah. yeah, to be. So they're not there yet. So if I come in with this pre I mean, this, this idea that they can handle this choreography, I, I, I'm wrong. I'm setting myself up for failure. I got to come in saying, okay, what can you guys do? How can I make you guys look good? That's when you win. I never really got that formula right. I honestly, like, I've done this show a lot of times and I love Jeff Thacker, I love everybody at the show, but I just don't know that I fit with that. You need more time. Yeah. Yeah, you need yeah. more time with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing actually, because <laughs> I find those shows sometimes do the dancers when they come out a disservice because you get all this experience and all this exposure. Yeah. And then it's like, now what? Yeah. Not like, yes, you might have some relationships with some choreographers and you might assist somebody, but like, then you're really, you're in the real world at that point. And it's. And it's a different world. <laughs> yeah. It's a different world. Yeah. And I, I've seen them coming to auditions and then, then some people are like, well, they're kind of overexposed. I don't want them in my music video because people know oh, this should be about me. I'm the artist. I don't want them right behind me. And they'd be like, oh, that's such a, you know, so. There is that too. So you mm -hmm. kind of have to be careful about how you, um, how much exposure you have in those kind of places, you know, and I've seen, mm -hmm. I've seen both sides, but then I've seen them going on to, to be able to teach for millions of dollars per class. And yes. so I don't think they're complaining. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you get a dollar for the music video. So anyway. Right, yeah. right. So let's talk about um, RuPaul's Drag Race. First of all, like one of my favorite shows. So, me so, too. Uh, but what for? I mean, it's just so it's such a different show, as far as because I feel like you're you're almost coaching. Yeah. So yeah. what? Who? Well, you said you knew the executive directors from back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Like yeah. like music video time. So yeah. Yeah. when they approached you to do this, what what was your what was the reaction? Well, you know, so I had worked with Rue in 95, and that's how I met Randy and Fenton, um, the producers of Drag Race, because they were managing RuPaul, and he was doing um, two weeks at the Sahara Hotel in Vegas, and they were looking for two, two dancers, singer dancers, I'll say, and I actually, I don't know how I got the job, but I did. I howled my way through, and that's how we met, <laughs> and... Um, and so we've, that was in 95. So that was like, oh, wow. That's so I, I've known them since then. And I've gone on to do the VH show 
VH1 talk show that Rue did. So when Drag Race came about, you know, they called me on to do, you know, the ep- you know some episodes or whatever. And so it was just like coming back to family for me. It was just like, I- I've known these people for so long and yeah. who's always been so supportive and a friend, like, you know, like in all of my major crossroads of my career and my personal life, he's always been like there. He'll either call me or he'll tell you something, something or he'll pop up. And so I call him the God, godmother because that's really how I feel about him, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. And it's, you know, I hope when people listen to this podcast, because you've said it a few times, but like relationships matter. Oh, like that, those relationships mattered back then. You didn't, and it's not like you knew that. No. Time, but yeah. I mean, it, like, I mean, they keep coming. I mean, I, I will say, I'm gonna say 85% of my jobs that I get right now are from my relationships over the years. Could you repeat that for the one those in the back? <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> 85% of my jobs come from relationships. Yeah, because it, it's really important, and how you show up to the job on time uh, with, are you, are you prepared? You know, all of this in, in this business is about money and dollars and cents. So if you're late, they're, they're spending money and they're gonna look at you crazy and you probably won't be back the next season or the next episode. So if you're co- coming in here and you think that you can show up late or you think you can come in with the number half prepared, it just won't work and you won't be there again. You know, so I don't, I, you know, and, and then also your, the, the energy you put off into the room. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's a negative Nancy. Nobody wants, to, you know what I mean? So, you know, yes, you might have some concerns and you, it's okay to speak your mind and say what you think, but it's how you do it and how you show up that's important. You know, I can say the same thing in a great easy tone and get the same point across instead of yelling and saying, what the F is this, and da, 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 you know, that's it. So it's really important. I mean, some, some people like that, they still are around, but <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> They're being called out currently. <laughs> uh, I won't say by name, but yeah, that's not me. Uh, I get that. Yeah, they, yeah. There's, there's been some, there's been some reporting. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so now I'm going to rapid fire questions at you. Um, is there an ultimate space maker in your life? Some a person that's been part of every single opportunity. Oh, it's been, oh gosh. No, I've had so many, honestly, like I, it would be so hard for me to do that. Cause at every point, like, you know, like Billy Woodruff as my video. And then I had John Chu and Adam Shank, man. And then I had Kenny Ortega, you know, every, like, and I've had major people. These are people that are in the business that, you know, um, that love me. And, you know, I've had these opportunities to work with them. And so I couldn't say one person, I would would have to say in Rue and, you know, everybody just kind of yeah. Yeah. Your your ultimate your your space makers are your village. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you know, the ultimate ultimate space makers are my mom and dad. That's really honestly like if I didn't have them, I don't know that I would survive this mm-hmm. 
this career that I've chosen because, you know, there's many times that I'm discouraged and, you know, uh, they're always there to, you know, lift me up and be like, oh boy, you, you talking crazy. Look what you, you know, you done that, you know, so they can always pump me up and then I'll be back, you know. Um, so has there, you said that you've been discouraged, but has there been a time that you wanted to quit? Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm out. Not so, so never, never, I can never do, I never, I can never quit. There's no, that I don't, that's not an option for me. Like, as far as this is what I was brought here to do, this is my gift, this is what I do. So, never, I, I've never thought about quitting, period. I've thought about quitting a job, a particular job, mm-hmm. you know, but I still haven't done that. I didn't even do that. I've thought about it, but I haven't done that. I've always felt like, you know, in whatever situation, you have to find the golden nugget, as I would say, out of whatever whatever situation you're in. You know, if it's a show that you're doing where you, that you hate the cast or you hate the director, still pull through. There'll be something that you could take away to the next job. Find the good in whatever you're in. That, I think that's the that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Just find that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And that's important because if you quit, you might not ever learn that lesson. And you were there because you were supposed to learn it. So you kind of cut short. So I just say, just go, you know? And and then if it comes to the point where you get fired, then you then hopefully you've got that nugget and you're like, okay, I'm out. Uh, whatever that was, I'll take that and I'll move on to the next. So luckily I've never gotten fired, but I've never quit either. So. <laughs> two good, two good things. Um, what's your best bad decision? That decision that you now look back and you're like, oh, I'm glad I did that. But at the time you're like, this is wrong, this is wrong. It just felt all wrong in your veins, DNA wrong. Um, okay, okay, that's a good one. Ooh, jeez. Um, what's my worst bad decision? What's the best bad decision? The best, what's my best? bad decision would probably be, oh gosh, oh, that's, this, this is really hard. Cause I always think of my decisions as being 100% good. Cause they've taken me to the next point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I've always thought that I've made good decisions. Um, yeah. I, and that's probably if you don't have one you don't have one i'm, I'm not mad at you <laughs> yeah. no no because even though you know whatever I, I still feel like it got me to the next point you know right yeah i'm curious and this is not a rapid fire question but in that vein did you ever turn down a job that you were like oh <laughs> <laughs> i've never turned down a job not one. No, not one. There's been jobs that I've had to say I'm not available for yeah. because of scheduling. And usually those jobs, if I'm not available, I'll see them. I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, there's been jobs that I've wanted that I didn't get. Yeah. And that's been like, you know, I, I you know, I, I've send my stuff in i'll say i'll come and i'll talk to him i'll do whatever and i didn't get it but again you know i always think that 
Rejection is God's protection. So I think that when you don't get something, there's something that your journey, obviously you weren't supposed to be there for. And whatever it is, whether it goes on to be a success or whether it goes on to be a flop, you just weren't supposed to be there for that. And you have to be like, okay, good. I missed something. I don't know what I did, but God was like, go over here and you do this and I'm gonna keep you away from that. And that's okay. You should, I, I, I'm okay with that, you know? Right. Did you have what I like to call a tough love mentor? So like a Simon Cowell, Gordon Ramsay, and Winter. Like, did you have that mentor in your life? I had, uh, just thinking about it. No, everybody, everybody has been really sweet to me. I'm, I'm trying, I hate to keep thinking like, Jamal, oh, everything's so sweet. But honestly, I don't, I mean, I've worked with some artists that have been that like that for sure. Mm, like, we're not, we're not here to, to blow up anybody's spot, but yeah. you have that experience. So, so just know that, yes, maybe all of my mentor, every, every mentor has been really nurturing and kind and, um, yeah, like with, with, with as far as me being an artist, but now the other side of those, those are, that was a whole nother, I've had in those Anna Wintour moments, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did they just say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, you You're like, you know? that was me? I know she ain't talking to me because <laughs> I'll walk right on out, you know, like, yeah. So it's, it, yeah, though I've had, bad experiences with, with people that, with egos, you know, and that's just mm -hmm. a part of the game. And that's, that's a part you have to navigate and, and, and kind of figure out what you'll put up with and what you won't, you know, you kind of have to put your stake in the ground and say, mm -hmm. I understand you like this, but you can't talk to me this way. And usually when you do that, they switch. All of a sudden they switch. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you've told them, you might be able to treat your assistants and everybody else and call them, but that's not gonna work with me. And then all of a sudden you're, they're your best friend. And because you've actually stood up to them which a lot of people don't do in the business. And they're so, they're so used to these yes people mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to risk your job because you might do it and they might be like, peace, you're <laughs> out. You yeah. know, I've seen that. But nine times out of 10, they're just looking for somebody that's gonna tell them the truth. And they respect that. And that's what you kind of have to demand from them because other than that, they will drive. Yeah, 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 it's creating that. And I'm, I know you've experienced that before too. Oh, for sure, for sure. Right. Maybe, not, maybe not as much um, because I haven't worked with celebrities in that way, but egos are egos in our business. Absolutely. Celebrities are not. So, yeah. They fly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and without, and on that vein, is there a moment that taught you about betrayal in the industry? Um, yes, yes. Uh, Without naming any names, obviously, because I'm not here for that. I, yeah, there, you know, there, there have been jobs that, uh, <laughs> yeah, there have been jobs where, you know, I've hired close friends that haven't shown up for me when I gave them the opportunity, you know, and because I come from uh, 
I'm coming from a dancing background. So a lot of some some choreographers have never danced professionally before in their life. They've only went and became a choreographer and jumped into the game. I know what it's like to, you know, be paid pennies and dance for four hours on stage. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. Like I've 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 done that part of it. So I have a special place in my heart for dancers that have that are still dancing. Like when I moved on to choreograph, there's friends of mine that have kept on dancing that are still dancers today, which is great. But you know, sometimes I've trusted them with jobs and they haven't shown up for me because they still think of me as their peer. Um, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's just Jamal. But no, this is my job. And this now you, I've given you the opportunity and now you kind of just dismissed me as your peer and you're showing up whenever you want to. And you're like, oh boy, da, da, you know, and it's just like, that's not really cool. And I've had that happen a couple of times. Yeah, that's a hard, I think that's a hard, I find that um, if you're ever a, a dance captain of a yeah. show or yeah. that role where you're like, part management, yeah. part colleague, Absolutely. that's a tough, that's a tough space. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, and it, to have somebody switch that and look at somebody like, now you're my boss. Right. We were dancing, we were dancing in, you know, such and such. Two seconds ago. Two seconds ago, yeah. That's that's a hard that's a hard transition for a lot of people. I, I get that. Absolutely. Well, my last question for you is who are you making space for now? Who am I making space for now? Um, people that I like mentoring, is that yeah. Would that be the idea? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have I I did this movie called Aladdin. <laughs> called Aladdin. Oh yeah, that the one with well, it's Will Smith, right? That one? That old thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little thing called Aladdin. And I couldn't take any assistance to, they were like, no assistance. You have to find your assistance in London. I don't know really anybody in London. I mean, I do know people, but I, I don't know the scene like that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh gosh. So anyways, after a long search, but then I only had two days before I started rehearsals, I needed to find an assistant. And a friend of mine who has his own um, uh, company, Royston, um, or oh, I'm getting Royston's name wrong, but anyways, he, uh, he has uh, R&D talent agency of dancers over there. And he sent me some dancers, there's their links. And I was like, I don't really, can't really tell off of a link if I need you as my assistant, like it's yeah, really hard. Yeah. But I was desperate and I was like, here, send me the links and he sent them. And uh, I came across um, this guy named Nikki Anderson and he's from Copenhagen. He was 17 years, oh, he was 19 years old. Mm. And I saw his video submission and I was just like, this is the kind of assistant that I wanted. Cause at that point in my career, when I did Aladdin, I needed to be inspired again. I, I just felt like I had done it, I've done, a, I've done a lot and I just wasn't feeling inspired in through movement. And so I wanted somebody that can kind of change the way I thought about movement and, and, and just give me more ideas. And cause that's how we do like, you know, I, I get inspired by the kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was youthful and he had that thing. And I was like, oh, this is the guy. And so I reached out to him. He was on vacation. 
<laughs> and he literally came off vacation, came to London. <laughs> yeah, three days later, he didn't have, uh, he had shorts and a, a little shirt and literally him. And then I had another assistant, Leah, um, Leah Hill. And she was from London and she, she came in to assist me as well. Those two, um, were just like, like literally changed my life. Like and they came in and they killed that job with me. And um, Leah's gone on, she's doing a production of The Wiz, choreographing herself right now. And Nikki's here with me right now. He went on to do like BTS, uh, is it BTS, the group BTS? No, no, um, no, no, no. He went on to do, this another group with all these kids in it. I, um, now I'm messing up the name, but he's You're gonna- You're me, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know either, but he's gone on to choreograph some stuff, some really big stuff. And now he's with me here uh, filming 13 the musical. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's really cool to be able to be a part of somebody's journey. And especially when they're talented and they're nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love that. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for taking some time out with me. Oh, thank you, boo. I miss you. We have to. We have to do our coffee. We have to. Do, I know. Like, trust me. You already know what happened today. I'm so sorry, and that's why it's kind of hard for me to say yes or um, do something because I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. But yeah, I'm glad we got to do this. I am too. Thank you so much. I know it was a long time coming, but I was like, we're going to do it. It'll happen. Thank you. Thank you for being paid. Your story needed to be told and those people that have, have ushered you into this beautiful career need to be celebrated. So. Amen. So grateful for that. Yeah. And that coffee will come after. Well, now that I know that you're here for a much longer period. Oh, yeah. okay. We're going to be, I'm going to be vaccinated and masked and we're all good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Awesome. We'll be safe. Thank you so much. It's, Thank you. Stay right. safe. And if you need anything, you know where to reach me. I'll holler. Especially if you need a winter jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be calling you tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> you too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you to my guest, Jamal Sims. And remember, there is no such thing as self-made. No matter the story, there's always that one integral character who leveraged their success, luck, confidence, and positivity to create opportunities for folks coming up in their shadow. We call these special souls the Space Makers. I'm your host, Kathy Pierre. This podcast was produced by Shannon McDees.